This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Whether they provide us with companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. Always love having you here, Danielle. Once a week, we get into so many different conversations. It's always fun, but today we take a little bit of a twist off of the fun because we've got to talk about something pretty serious here. It can be scary when our pets get sick, especially when we weren't expecting it to happen. Sometimes the scariest thing about an illness is the unknown. What is it? What's going to happen? Did I do something wrong to make this happen? All these questions. Information is the best way to kind of thwart these unknowns. So today, Dr. Danielle is going to talk to us about a reasonably common illness that can affect our dogs and cats. Danielle, what illness are we discussing today and what are the symptoms? Well, um, we're going to talk about pancreatitis. Um, that medicalese term, as I like to call, mm-hmm. you know, medical terminology, uh, literally sure. means it, inflammation of the pancreas, you know. Right. Um, and like you mentioned, it's a fairly common illness, and most small animal veterinarians encounter it regularly. Um, and the symptoms of it are similar in both dogs and cats. So, you know, affected animals will sometimes refuse to eat. They're probably pretty mopey and lethargic compared to normal. And in cats, they might be hiding. Um, and a lot of the time they have vomiting and diarrhea. Okay. What causes pancreatitis? Well, we don't always get to know that. You know, um, some pets will become ill with it and we don't really know why as um, there seems to be no apparent cause. Um, We also know that some animals seem to be genetically predisposed to it. Um, Some animals have encountered toxins that make it more likely to happen. And we know it's more likely, pardon me, to be a problem when pets are on certain medications or if they have other medical conditions. Um, In some dogs, you know, it might be related to eating things that are high in fat. And, you know, we know that the pancreas is an organ that makes digestive enzymes. And so what it does is it makes them in an inactive form, you know, and then it packages up these little enzymes in protective little envelopes. And then those little envelopes are delivered to the intestine when there's food in it. And then they break open, the enzymes are released, you know, and then they transform into an active state and they digest the food, they break it down, which is what's supposed to happen. But pancreatitis results when the those enzymes are released and activated while they're still inside the pancreas. And when oh, that yeah. happens, they yeah, they actually start to digest the pancreas itself, which of course causes that pain and vomiting and diarrhea. Wow. Wow. How, you know, when you think about it, you describe it, I was like, oh my goodness, especially you don't think again, this attacking of the body in, in one way or another itself. Um, how sick can our pets get with pancreatitis? Well, that's actually really variable. You know, there, there's kind of two forms of the disease. So we have the acute phase and the chronic one. Um, animals with the chronic form have this sort of ongoing low-grade inflammation in their pancreas. And that eventually, as it you know goes on over time, can lead to scarring of that organ. Um, 
And clients will often tell me, you know, that their pet has a sensitive stomach, you know, um, or that they can't give them anything other than their regular food or they seem to get sick a lot. Um, They also have what clients call off days, you know, that is days where they refuse to eat and might seem quieter than normal. Um, But, you know, they seem to go back to normal pretty pretty regularly, like pretty quickly. So people don't really pay attention to that very much. Um, Sometimes they also vomit once or twice in those days and maybe get, you know, a diarrhea stool or two. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, just kind of get used to this. I'm okay. Oh, my pet's not okay. And get used to that pattern and start to sort of assume that it's normal for their pet. Mm. Um, We do that with ourselves, right? Oh, I must have ate something that disagrees with me. Right. That's right, you know, and um, but of course, other times pets get the other form of the disease, acute pancreatitis, which has much more severe symptoms. So that can include severe abdominal pain, multiple episodes of vomiting and diarrhea, extreme lethargy. In in other words, it's like really obvious that your pet is ill. And of course, it's important to have your pet checked by your vet if they're showing these symptoms. And, you know, your vet can assess your pet, determine how serious the situation is. Um, Some pets with pancreatitis can be managed with supportive care as an outpatient, but some will actually require to be hospitalized um, with more advanced treatment. Fortunately, the milder forms of pancreatitis seem to be more common, at least that's been my experience, than Mm -hmm. the severe ones. So that's uh, not the end of the world. It's a good thing. Okay, yeah. So things can be done. That's really positive. How is pancreatitis diagnosed? Well, the symptoms of it are actually very common to a bunch of other illnesses as well. So you can't just go based on the history. Um, You know, we can see the same symptoms with colitis, with um, an animal that's eaten something that's not food related. We call that foreign body ingestion and with inflammatory bowel disease, you know, and they all share those same symptoms. So, of course, you know, the history and the physical exam, you know, will raise your vet's suspicions for pancreatitis. But usually further testing will be required to be sure of the diagnosis. So, you know, often we'll do a blood test um, that might reveal evidence of infection inflammation. And um, there are pancreatic enzymes that can be tested in the blood and they're often elevated with pancreatitis. Um, An abdominal ultrasound can also show changes in the pancreas that are consistent with inflammation. Um, It also helps, of course, to rule out other causes for the symptoms. Um, So ultrasound's useful for that too. Um, Usually pancreatitis is a bit of a big picture diagnosis. It's a combination of the history, the exam, and the testing. And, you know, then we're kind of looking to rule in or out other issues and, and then response to treatment can help us to determine that as well. I wondered if, you know, if there's something that it may get mistaken for or something as a vet that you see these symptoms or the, the go and it's described that you think something else usually first or is pancreatitis where often vets go thinking, okay, well, let's start ruling things out because it seems like it might be that. Is it common enough? Yep, we definitely see it quite a lot. You know, um, generally when we see a sick patient, you know, we have kind of a a mental list in our head of, okay, this is what's on the list of what it could be. And then the testing, okay, the x-ray is clear, it's not a foreign body. The the abdominal ultrasound is clear, it's not a foreign body. You know, it kind of goes down the list and kind of ruling things out. So, yeah, that's really helpful. Um, Can we talk about treatment, Danielle? Sure. So... 
You know, treating the acute form of the disease um, relies mostly on symptomatic therapy. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have to support that animal so that they can, um, you know, um, heal themselves. So, for example, if the pet is dehydrated, you know, we'll give them some fluid therapy and that can happen with vomiting and diarrhea. Um, they're probably painful, you know, so it's really important to treat them with pain medication. Um, you know, no animal ever got better when it was in pain. So we want to make sure that we manage that because pancreatitis we know is very painful. Um, if the pet is vomiting a lot, you know, we will give them medication to stop the vomiting. And, you know, for most pets, you know, these measures, you know, help them and then, you know, they get better and they recover. Um, they can be at home or in the hospital, depending on how much support they need. Uh, the most serious cases, of course, might need ICU care um, with treatment to manage the more serious consequences of severe disease. So, you know, those cases might need antibiotics. They might need medication to collect or correct electrolyte imbalances. And in very rare cases, even surgery to manage things like pancreatic abscesses. And, you know, managing the chronic form of the disease, you know, often involves a change in diet, um, which is hopefully going to decrease or eliminate these flare-ups that we sometimes see, those off days. Um, it often also means controlling or managing any other diseases that might be contributing to or resulting from the pancreatitis. So a lot of it is just maintenance, yeah? If yeah. we're talking about the chronic form. Yeah, trying to trying to prevent those flare-ups, you know, and uh, and dealing with those so that we get, you know, fewer of those and uh, keep it, the pet comfortable and eating and hopefully free of the vomiting and diarrhea as much as we can. Okay. So, how do other diseases play into this condition? Well, we know that other certain other diseases are commonly seen when a pet gets pancreatitis, you know, particularly in cats. In cats, we can see what vets call triaditis. So this is a common syndrome where a cat has some combination of pancreatitis, inflammatory bowel disease, and a condition called cholangitis. And that's just inflammation of the gallbladder and the bile duct and the channels in the liver that carry bile. So those three conditions seem to go hand in hand. Um, all of them are, of course, related to inflammation of the digestive tract and its associated organs. So inflammation in one makes it more likely that the other two will also become inflamed in cats. And we don't really know why this happens, or at least we don't have good scientific data on a definitive cause. Um, some of these cats will respond to what we call a hypoallergenic diet. So we feed them a non uh, a, a non irritating diet. Um, some will improve with medication to suppress the inflammation. And if that um, inflammation of the bile and the bile duct in the gallbladder is involved, antibiotics might also be needed because the gut bacteria sometimes will bypass the cat's immune defenses and track up into that system. So they may need some antibiotics to help them get rid of that infection. Another relatively common disease we see concurrently with pancreatitis is actually diabetes mm, in both mm -hmm. cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it makes sense why that would happen because the pancreas actually has two functions you know it makes those digestive enzymes like we talked about and it has special cells in it that make insulin and that of course um, if those cells become damaged um, then um, they don't make enough insulin and then uh, the pet can become diabetic so that's another reason why you want to get your pet seen and treated to resolve it um, and try and prevent future flare-ups, you know, because we're also trying to avoid damage to those insulin-producing cells. 
Is it a possible vice versa also, Danielle? Like if the pet is already diabetic, then to be mindful of pancreatitis onset? Yeah. Uh, anything, anything that, um, you know, affects the pancreas, you know, for sure. I think, you know, you should probably be on the lookout for stuff like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, before we go real quick, is there anything we can do to prevent pancreatitis in our pets? Well, I think for sure you can make sure your pet's on a high-quality diet and don't develop some of the risk factors for inflammatory diseases like obesity, for example. Obesity is actually considered as a chronic inflammatory disease. Um, to my knowledge, it's never actually been linked to causing pancreatitis, but it is a known risk factor for diabetes. Um, as I mentioned before, some pets are genetically predisposed to this, so talk to your vet about your pet's risk and how to reduce it. A good example is miniature schnauzer. They have a genetic predisposition to increase blood levels of fat, so they often do better with a low-fat diet. And of course, if your pet has any potential symptoms of the chronic form of pancreatitis, uh, talk to your vet and get them checked out for that. They often do better on a low-fat diet as well. And hopefully, if you can catch and manage the condition early, you know, you might just save you and your pet from a future of insulin injections. That's a worthwhile goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. Thanks a lot, Danielle. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Great topic. A lot of good information there. We talked to our veterinarian as she joins us every week at this time for Ask a Veterinarian. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.